All right, Steve, I've got a hard-hitting question I've got to get your insights on. Hit me! All right, so like a lot of people around the world now, we were hanging out with some friends, doing a little game night via Zoom, doing a little uh-huh. Zoom hangout last week with Zooming my friends Krista and Dave and a bunch of other folks. All you want to do is Zoom, a Zoom, 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 and a boom, Exactly, boom. the very thing. That's All what right. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then shake your rump. Uh, obviously. <laughs> So we were doing a hangout, and they had invited a bunch of their other friends on there, one of which turned out to be my new buddy, Big Bad Bill. Big Bad just Bill. To be a, uh, Big Bad Bill happens to be a listener of the show. We were hanging out and stuff and having some drinks, and he's like, wait, are you Ben Eller, the podcast man? And I said, I am indeed the podcast man. And he said, oh, I like your show, man. Well, shout out to Triple B. Try, shout out to old Big Bad Bill. Now, here's the question, Steve. And this is one that he that he posed during our night of gaming and fun. And I want to know what you think Let's about this. If a conjoined twin masturbates, mm-hmm. is it yeah. incest? I gotta know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, buddy, that's that's a tough one. How does that so, go? Do you mind okay, if I use the penis they, tonight? Are they know. attached at the head, at the hip? Are there two penises? If there are two know. penises, then Definitely as long weird. as it's your penis, then no, <laughs> it's not. But if you, yes, if you're grabbing your conjoined uh, brother's penis and, and jerking it off, yeah, well, that's incest. <laughs> and there you go, guys. The answers to the hard-hitting <laughs> questions that we all have on our minds right now. Welcome to the newest installment of Dad and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast in all the known multiverse Here with your best buddies, it's me, your good friend, Uncle Ben. And me, your worst enemy, Hollywood Steve. Oh, man. With an eye patch. That's how you know I'm bad. (laughs) I watched the episode of uh, Good Mythical Morning recently where they gave Link a badass makeover. Have you seen Uh that one? Yeah. It's fantastic. He ends up with like an eye patch and a face tattoo. All kinds of good stuff. How you been doing this week, Steve? Man, I've been good. It's What's been a uh, 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 timeless void. <laughs> yeah, really. What yeah. the fuck day is it? Does it Do matter? I exist? Who cares? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm starting to feel more and more like we're all, you know, in like a season of lost. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Because I did wake up this morning thinking, this is hell. <laughs> and the writers are clearly making this up as they go. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. They're like, oh, and then what if the president is an absolute moron? And they're like, but how much of a moron could he be before everybody catches on? We'll find out. <laughs> Let's push the limits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been watching anything scary other than the news this week, Steve? <laughs> Have I? I don't, I don't know if I watched anything too scary. Oh, Shit, I I watched uh, Beyond. Oh, that uh, thing I was talking about last week, Dark Side of the Ring. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I watched. They had another episode on the Brawl for All, which was a thing WWE did in like '98, I think. I don't recall what that was. What is that? But they had professional wrestlers have actual fights with boxing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and a ton of people got injured, and oh shit! The, it was Vince Russo's idea, and you know what that means—it was a bad one. He put the <laughs> he put the WCW title on David Arquette. So well, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. 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 So it was not a bad exactly idea. an idea, man. <laughs> yeah, and Jim Cornette uh, is on it, and I love Jim Cornette. If you if you uh, 
get a chance to listen to his podcast or at least go on youtube and just listen to oh, the sex, fantastic. some of the segments of his podcast he's hilarious and he's uh, a rascal he, he's a textbook rascal yeah and he, he does not mind letting everybody know how he feels so vince uh vince russo came up with this idea and jim Cornette uh basically told him at one point that he wished he could kill him because he oh, hurt, shit. he hurt so many of Jim Cornette's friends for a stunt that wow. he thought would be funny. So it was, it's an interesting one. It's, it's not as sad as the Benoit one for sure. <laughs> well, probably not many things out there are. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is true. What have you been watching, Ben? Dude, I've had time to catch up on a few things. We had ourselves a good weekend here. We just kind of like up and did a bunch of you know necessary shit like finished doing the taxes and yeah uh kate went through and organized the fridge and all that kind of shit but we also had ourselves just some good old fun time tv time to watch a couple movies during the daytime which is something we've not done in like years uh but the other day we watched uh we watched parasite which is one that everybody's been blowing up about right and uh, Dude, I, I haven't watched it yet. You need to watch it. I'm to really fascinated on... to find out what you think about it. It's on Hulu, right? Yeah, totally for yeah. free. You don't have to have any kind of like extra okay. services or anything. Man, it's fucking awesome. It's also way different it. than what I thought it would be like. You know, It's one of those flicks that you go into it with a certain expectation. And at one point, you're just like, what the fuck now? I did not see this coming. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything, but... Yeah, it goes places that I was not really anticipating. Okay. It's really cool. It is kind of a stretch to call it horror. I, I see people yeah. kind of lumping it in as a horror movie a lot. It's not It's not really. Uh, that actually, man, that's what I've seen more of is people saying it's not horror. <laughs> okay, right on. So I think a lot of people sort of backlashed at the idea that it was horror. Like, yeah, no, it's yeah. not. Uh, I, I saw dark comedy a lot and yeah it's got some thriller it's got some oddly funny stuff yeah. definitely more of a thriller kind of thing yeah. to me too yeah uh really beautifully shot too absolutely fucking gorgeous okay. man it's weird very All cool right. flick i got i finally have to sit down and just watch it because there's no excuse no exactly and uh we also watched two movies that i have to say <laughs> I, I do not think could be made <laughs> these days, but Uh-oh. I absolutely fucking love, man. Uh, one of them being Blazing Saddles by Mel oh, Brooks. Okay. Still immortally fucking funny, dude. That yeah. movie is so damn good. And the thing about it is, is like, I know a lot of people might watch it now and be like, holy shit, this is like really racist. Because there is some like really racist humor in there. But it's to expose how dumb racism is. Like, yeah, that's the racist characters in the movie the are fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, man, it's so good. And the other one was uh, Life of Brian by Monty okay. Python. Yeah, that, yeah, there's some bits in there that are pretty risque. Life of Brian is so fucking funny, though, man. Yeah. And it really does like get into some mega sacrilegious uh-huh. territory. I can't yes, believe they made that movie back then, man. It's so yeah. funny. I think now it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, matter nearly as much. Would it? I mean, are people? I, I mean, they're the religious people are the religious people. It's it's kind of like th- there's more of a border now. It used to bleed into everyone's life. Like religion was a big part of everything. But now mm-hmm. it's just like the people that are religious, like it's a part of their life. The people that aren't religious, is like we don't think about it. So, you know, something like that might be funny for a lot of people and religious people would get upset about it but 
I don't think there'd be a whole lot of crossover. There wouldn't be a whole lot of atheists like, hey, now, let's be less sacrilegious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fun be stuff. careful with Jesus's name now. It makes me want to go back and rewatch a bunch of other Monty Python stuff, too, because it's been forever yeah. since I watched, like, yeah, like Holy Grail and all those. Uh-huh. Those are, like, movies that were very formative for my sense of humor. Yes. I watched them a million times as a kid, and I just loved the absurdity of all of it. So it's kind of got me stoked to go back and rewatch a couple of those, too. Ben, I watched a Tiger King. Okay, so you did the thing that everybody is doing. Everybody's either baking bread or watching uh-huh. Tiger King. Yeah, and I'm not doing carbs, so I couldn't do bread. Though I have considered baking bread several times. and just been like, I'll just give it to other people. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, was the Tiger King? I mean, honestly, if you're into true crime, I think it's the thing to watch. And I think that's okay. why so many people are into it. It's it's uh, about a bunch of deplorable people and uh, the people that you see that you would immediately think, oh, that guy's going to be the weirdo in this uh entire thing turn out to be the sweet and nice people and (laughs) the weirdos are the normal looking people and though none of them look very normal they all are immediately crazy looking i just look like florida people to me oh well they're all they're from all over they got the myrtle beach guy they got uh um oklahoma that's where the tiger king himself is but yeah like it's they're they're crazy. It's an insane thing. I think I talked about it a little last week. I'm not sure. but Did you enjoy it overall, it. though? Uh, yeah, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think it's something you just kind of have to see more than anything. I don't know. I don't know if enjoyment is something. It, it's something. It's something. It really was sure. something. It <laughs> That's certainly, a strong review. It definitely Hollywood is. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> So, there you go. That's my review right of the Tiger King. What did you guys watch on the streaming chat this week? <laughs> we watched Wes Craven's made-for-TV movie, Invitation to Hell. Oh, shit. I hate I missed this one. Was it awesome? No. It was <laughs> terrible. No good. God. I had never seen it. I just saw Wes Craven, and I was like, well, I mean, at the very least, knock this off the Wes Craven uh checklist right like i can say i've seen it uh so we watch it it's got susan lucci that's always fun i as soon as i was seeing the font when it was like starting i was like is there gonna be a cyborg in this motherfucker and yeah there were (laughs) there were robots involved they got a robot in there huh yeah and also hell was involved but also it was about a country club Basically, I think it was, uh, there were some Wes Craven ideas in there where he was like, yeah, and fuck people who go to country clubs. But he was also <laughs> like, and, and cocaine, I want lots of cocaine. And they were like, we really need to finish this story. And he was just like, yeah, and there's like a robot or something. And they go to hell. Uh, just do it. Just <laughs> get Susan Lucci. Just do it. This sounds like that could be the description of so many fucking 80s coked out boardroom meetings yeah. where it's just like we need to finish this uh i don't know fuck it get susan lucci i don't know just I make know. it yeah. <laughs> and that's how the 80s were made and that's how the 80s were made yeah so it, it was bad and hard to enjoy because it was just like 
so I don't know. It was so hard to grasp what was ever happening. <laughs> but it was, and it was, it was definitely like a ripoff of there was there was some bit of a poltergeist in there. Uh, it seemed like some bit of maybe some ideas that came out in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe that he was thinking through at the time. <laughs> like mm. I'm not sure, but it, it's it's bad. Not worth a watch. It kind of sounds like it was a hodgepodge of like all the scrap pieces of paper and like yeah. post-it notes that were in his waste basket. Right. That's yeah. That's that's pretty accurate. I guarantee it was <laughs> just like, oh yeah, you can put my name on it and I'll do a bunch of cocaine. That's fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know though. It, it's it's uh, it's tough. It was a tough watch. <laughs> wow. Well, you guys can always tune in for the stream and chat every yeah. Friday. Every Friday, uh, I don't at 9 often PM get to hang out, EST. but Steve is always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had a we have a good group now every week because what what else can you do? <laughs> what the fuck else is anybody doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I've been doing, Steve, and that's getting a pull. Would you like to get a pull with me? Let's get a pull. What are we gonna be pulling on here, Steve? Well, I'm gonna be pulling on this big old mamba of mine. <laughs> oh, look out! This. This podcast just got R-rated. You're pulling on your Mamba? But it's a Gilgamesh brewing Mamba, Ben. Oh, you don't say. What number yep. of Mamba is this? <laughs> this looks like Mamba number 6.3. Mamba number 5. <laughs> When's the last time anybody checked on Lou Bega? I'm kind of getting worried. We've not received updates on him or his whereabouts. Oh, no, you don't he, know what's going on. He with was the on man. a commercial not long ago, like no last year, maybe. I think it was for Visa. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So you know he's, he's fucking okay. German. He's from Germany. I did know that. <laughs> I did. That's a weird thing. I remember that because I mean, back in the day, MTV had to fill the time by saying something about the videos, right? Instead of that was before they realized. No, we could just have people scream while we halfway play the video. <laughs> and then just no videos at all. No music at all. None. No. Here, here's a real world roll rules challenge. Get on it. So this is... Where did uh, Mamba come from? This has come from Oregon. So that's uh, Jason and Miles, right? Sent us that, you're damn right that it is. Yeah. I'm so excited to get a pull on this thing. Okay. Obviously, you know, we can't all go nowhere, but we can take sips of everywhere. That's By true. drinking beers from all take, over the place that are fancy. Take a sip of everywhere. <laughs> so this Trade is a, an it. ale brewed with black tea and tangerine peel. I, and that sounds refreshing to me. That sounds awesome to me. I'm very okay with getting an, uh, a taste of this thing. 6.3%. So not terribly brutal. Uh, not as brutal as our next one's going to be for sure. <laughs> I'm excited oh, about wow. that. How's hey, that treating you? Man, it's a, it's a nice amber color. Smells great. It's a little hazy. Mm. Ooh, that's good. You can definitely kind of smell oh, the, yeah. the sort of black tea element on yeah. the nose. Yeah. It's, it's light. It's nice. Yeah, that it is. is. It's not too sweet either. I was kind of worried no. this is going to be one of those like way too orangey, way too tangerine kind of beers, you know? But no, it's this subtle. Is, it's, it's real subtle. I like it. Yeah. Mm. I'm okay with that. I could smash a handful of those things into my face. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. All right, wow. man. Thanks well, thank a lot, you guys, guys so much for sending us those beers. That's delicious. Now, Steve, the subject of our show today, of course, is 
Crowl, which came out last year, 2019. Yep. One that a lot of people were talking about. Yeah, it was a big summer movie. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I can kind of understand why people were talking about it. We'll get into that in a second here. But not before we step into the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. And we're going to be doing a little FAQ, just us and you. Uh, as you guys know, whenever we do uh, the Preview Palace here, sometimes we like to do a little FAQ scenario where we answer your all's questions. And we've been running a thing here for the past couple months where if you go on iTunes and review the show, you can leave a question at the end of your review and you get immediate priority for being here on an FAQ whenever we do one. So I'd like to answer a couple of these questions that we have from fans and then get to some of the ones that we got over on the Facebook group. There's some really good questions on there. How's that sound to you, Steve? Yeah, it sounds awesome to me. All right. All right, Steve, let me go ahead and ask you this first question here. This comes from reviewer Jmar. And then it's got a little whiskey glass. So he likes things that are nice. Question. <laughs> which is the more passionate lover, Pinhead or Chop Top? Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw <laughs> 2, for those of you guys who don't know. That oh, is a man. that's a good question yeah, right there. Yeah, okay. So here's the th- uh, Chop Top, you know he's enthusiastic. Absolutely so. But Pinhead, he wears his sexuality like on the exterior. He lets you know. He probably gets freaky. He probably gets yeah. pretty fucking freaky. Yeah, like uh, he's 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 got that sort of droning voice because he is unimpressed with everything that's going on. He's waiting for yeah, it to true. get freaky. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty desensitized, I think, towards uh-huh. a lot of things. I mean, it's a casual <laughs> greeting in the Cenobite world just to be like, hey, what's up? Let me put my fingers in your mouth. Yeah, how about this? Boom. Yeah, fingers I mean, if that's the how mouth. they say hello, <laughs> you know something's going in a butt. You know it's happening. You know something's going in a butt. Uh-huh. Just some butt, something's going in there. Something. So I so, think that I think that yeah, Pinhead would be I a more Pinhead. experimental yeah. lover, but I think that Chop Top would be more passionate. This is the question yeah. is where the passion is. And I yeah. can see Chop Top getting in there and just really making you feel love. But you know the thing about passion is and especially with Chop Top, you never know when it's gonna turn. So mm. he may suddenly uh wanna murder you and it's like uh like, at least with Pinhead, if he suddenly wants to murder you, it's because he's going to, like, get something out of it. At least I'm mm-hmm. making him come. That's Chop true. Top's yeah. just doing it, and then he's probably going to cry or something, and then laugh. Kind of a wild and, card. Yeah. Scratch his forehead and stuff like yeah. that. All that crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, the next one that we have here, pull up my photos, comes from... Oh, actually, the way I screenshotted it, it cut off what the name of the reviewer was. Shit. But the question is, what are some crucial first steps to beginning a podcast? Why, we've done that before, Steve. We know. Yeah. Uh, crucial first steps. Uh, well, I would say the number one first step is record a podcast. Just get it done. Yeah, because we talked about recording a podcast for years before we recorded a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that that's to our detriment. We we could have just started it, and it would have been good. Uh, yeah, totally. Don't overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it. But uh, as far as the things that you just have to do, one, make sure that the title you want to use isn't being used by someone. Yeah, uh, that's crucial. And then and then uh, find a host. I recommend Podbean. That's who we use. Uh, find a host and get that name and post an episode that's those are your big steps yeah 
And I would say, too, just like additional things are, are, you know, develop a good rapport with whoever you're doing your show with. If you're doing a show with somebody else, I mean, me and me and old Steve Arena here had the the luck of having gone to college for years together (laughs) and shit. We already knew each other. Yeah. Uh, but also too, like take a little bit of time to get your audio and stuff straightened out. Yeah, like it's and it's not even, dude, that you have to go out and buy like these incredible podcasting mics and blah blah no, blah. You don't. We we use pretty simple stuff to record I, our show. I record right now on a DJ Hero mic, DJ yeah, Hero I mean, that's USB crazy. mic from yeah. an Xbox 360. So like, that's insane, and it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. It doesn't sound as good as the the Shure mics that we uh, that you have. Yeah. Uh, which is what is that? Is a Shure? Yeah, SM58. it's like an SM58. 58. Yeah, that's what we. Yeah. Which is inexpensive. That, that's like under a hundred yeah, bucks. Not, that's not an expensive one at all. No, huh? So I would say like work that stuff out. You know, get some yeah. simple mics and stuff like that. But also, just understand that whatever you know, uh, digital audio workstation you're recording in. Probably has some simple plugins for things like compression, noise gate, yeah. stuff like that. Learn a little bit about editing and you know filtering out your your pops on the mic and weird noises in the room and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we don't those use, are just little things that help. We don't use any fancy software. We just use Logic. Um, yeah. But I know I know there are fancier softwares and and softwares out there per, like particularly for podcasting. So if you want to research that, you can. If you just want to open up Logic and do it, you can do it. It's, yeah, look, it's look online for simple. tutorials and stuff too. It's pretty yeah. easy to find YouTube tutorials for like ways to improve spoken audio in GarageBand yeah. or whatever. It's not hard at all. Yeah, once I mean we have our level set. I never really have to adjust much at all. That's uh, right. So it's it's pretty simple once you get it all figured out. It takes it takes a little bit of work to figure it out. Beyond that, uh. <laughs> that it, it really just comes down to your content make sure that uh, you're saying something interesting or uh giving a perspective nobody else has like if, yeah, if you're totally. just making a podcast that sounds like any other podcast it's not surprising if you don't get a lot of listens because it just sounds like any other podcast so right, give, right. give it your own spin be yourself there you go yeah, yeah. Be yourself. All right, go start your podcast now. Done. Go. Right. <laughs> I got one more here from iTunes. My question to you is, if you could go back in time to be on set while a particular horror film was being made, which oh. one would you choose and why? That's a fun question right there. Because honestly, uh, like, I think most of my favorites, I probably wouldn't want yeah, to be on the set Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, I, The Shining, Jaws, stuff like that comes yeah. to mind. I don't want to be there. I don't want to hang out. I don't want to hang out in the jungle. Yeah, Texas Ooh. Chainsaw Massacre. Like, oh, God, I don't want to fucking so hang hot. out there. Yeah. No. I think so, so honestly, like, when I think about ones that I would love to just be around hanging out, dude, I bet you the set of Dust Till Dawn was a fucking I bet that blast. was a blast. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, that was probably really fun. Uh, I'd say anything Robert Rodriguez has done is probably a fun time. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Dust Till Dawn would be good. Hmm. I mean, that was the one that came to mind for me. A trauma movie would probably people. be fun. Like, oh yeah, that yeah. would probably be okay. <laughs> yeah. But though, honestly, if if it's your dream to be on the set of a trauma movie, contact Lloyd Kaufman. He'll get you on the set of a trauma. He'll make movie. that happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet that being in like a Romero movie was probably really fun too. You know, just yeah. where you'd had all these people yeah. from Pittsburgh and shit showing yeah, up. Yeah, I bet they had a blast. Makeup. 
Yeah. Yeah. Some of those are probably a lot of fun too. It uh, seemed like that was just pretty much just like anything yeah. goes, you know? I know, I know that the first couple of seasons of walking dead were like that too, where like all the, the zombies, like they were really having a lot of fun together because it was just locals coming out and like, Oh, right. you get to go be a zombie for a day. Uh, and then, you know, later it's probably less fun, but yeah, that, that sounds like a great, like great environment to me. It's almost like a tailgate, but you also get to be a, in a zombie movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a win-win situation yeah. and eat some rancid pig guts sometimes. Oh boy. Yummy. But yeah, <laughs> low carb meal for free. So many of my favorite movies, I would not want to be there. Just no, ugh. I don't want to be on the set of the exorcist. That'd be no <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Fucking dude just shooting guns at random and mm. stuff like this. Hard Good pass. God. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to a couple here that people posted over on the Facebook group, which, of course, everybody can join up. Just look for Dead and Lovely on Facebook. You'll find it. Join up. Join in the conversation. Lots yeah. of cool people it's Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. There you go. Including yep. our main man. Oi, it's Kev Bickerdike, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One of our favorite <laughs> Dead and Lobsters up there. He asked a good question here, Steve. Which films... Wait, let me do, should I do this in an accent? I think I probably should. Oh, yeah, please. Oh, governor, which <laughs> films have you had seriously low expectations? <laughs> I don't even know what fucking accent. I don't either, but are. it's good. Seriously low expectations of going in, but you loved it by the end, didn't you? All right. Um, <laughs> I got a couple. Yeah, I, 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 I would say, actually... Speaking of Kev Bickerdike, Dog Soldiers uh, was yeah, that's a movie one. that he recommended, and I had never heard of it, and just assumed since I'd never heard of it that Must there was much there. And I think it's a good movie, and I was very pleasantly surprised by it and enjoyed totally. it. Yeah, yeah, that's one on on my list too, man. I would say one for me. I kind of went through our, our show log here and, and found some of the ones that stood out to me. Uh, Jennifer's body is definitely oh, one yeah. that I went into mm-hmm. with zero expectation. Like you yeah. told me that you liked it and stuff. I did, yeah. Uh, which you know, I guess gave me a little bit of expectation for it. But man, yeah. I I really enjoyed that movie. I thought that it was actually very smart. Yeah, and had a lot to kind of chew on. Yeah, that's how I, I felt about it too when I saw it because I remember the I I was interested in it because it was Diablo Cody and I liked Juno. Um, but I remember the. Uh, advertising for it was terrible. It oh, really just, just seemed, yeah, it just seemed like a a terrible uh, attempt at a horror movie. And then uh, I decided, well, I'm still gonna watch it, and I watched it, and really, really enjoyed it. And then when we watched it for the podcast, like really digging into it, uh, liked it even better. That's a great movie. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, Paranormal Activity. That's another oh, one yeah. for me that yeah I thought I would just fucking hate. Yeah, because usually you know the horror movies that make billions and billions of dollars right. and have tons of mainstream success are usually not, not ones that i yeah. like yeah but man i i thought that it was pretty cool even yeah. having seen it you know years and years after the fact of it coming out i still enjoyed it same with blair witch project man like, right yeah you know that's one of those ones that whenever we did our episode on that i was like man this is gonna be awful this is just gonna uh-huh. be a movie that i fucking hate but then through watching it and then learning about the making of that you talked about on the episode i was yeah. like man this is actually pretty fucking all right like i'm yeah. not rushing to watch it again but it was way better than i expected yeah. it would be yeah yeah blair witch is one of those that it um it it has a a lot to it that is worth the time but doesn't hold up uh 
20 years later at quite yeah. as well where oh, it's, yeah. it's just not as as good of a found footage horror movie as you may have come to expect because there are some really well done ones and that uh, Blair Witch is a lot of running through the forest and bad camera shots and stuff <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, still exceeded expectations. Still, Same yeah. with uh, Dr. Sleep for me, man. Like, Yeah, that was actually what I thought of. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, making a follow-up to, in my opinion, the best horror movie of all time. Uh-huh. What, like 30 years later or something like that? Yeah. That's, that's basically impossible. Right. And uh, Mike Flanagan did a, a pretty great job of attempting yeah. it. I didn't love the movie. But no, it's, it's also, not fucking anywhere near the shining. Yeah. But but it, it it's also uh, it was more than I expected and different than I expected. It uh, I I think it played best when it was its own thing. Like before you get to the hotel, those were the parts I thought were the best. Though the hotel was good, it it had its moments and stuff. Before that, all the original stuff was so interesting to me. It's pretty fucking good, man. Yeah. Again, I was I was pleasantly surprised. And then also too, like a lot of the cast and man like yeah. Rose the Hat, all those characters oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, very memorable. Great. Very fucking good. So yeah, that was the one for me. You got any that come to mind for you that were better than you expected? Uh yes. Office Killer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was a weird movie. And that was weird as fuck. I, re- I mean, I didn't know what to expect from it. Uh, Cindy Sherman directing. I, ju- I expected it to be uh, interesting to look at, but I d- just really didn't know where it was going to go. And that is such a strange movie. And I really like how weird it, it gets. Sure does. Yeah. It gets really, really weird. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> right on, man. Well, we got another question here from David Wayne Barnett. He asks... Favorite RPGs and best system for RPGs. Now, we're talking about some gamer shit. Get in Hell that yeah. nerd shit. Yeah. Good time to do I, it, too, because we got that Final Fantasy VII remake out right now, which I am dying to fucking play. I picked this because uh, I think the answer for favorite or uh, uh, the best console for RPGs is the simplest answer ever, the Super Nintendo. Okay, so you're you're gonna go Super yeah. NES on here because Super of like Nintendo. probably a Chrono Trigger, a Final Fantasy three, yeah, Secret of Mana. It's so deep, Secret of Mana. Yeah, all all the Final Fantasies. Like it, it is just so deep as far as single consoles go, consoles go for RPGs. But um, my favorite RPGs are uh, more modern. I would guess I love Fallout New Vegas and just played through it again recently. Yeah, and still love it. 100%. I've heard it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I've never played any of those games. I'm totally missing out, aren't I? Uh, yeah, Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. I haven't played Fallout Four, uh, but it looks great. Super NES is also the place that I started falling in love with with RPGs. Like initially starting with kind of action RPGs, like um, Link to the Past and yeah. Secret of Mana, that uh-huh. are a little bit more hands on yeah. when it comes like to the that. combat. Uh-huh. But have you know all the same like stats and gear and magic and shit like that so that's kind of what got me into those and super mario rpg i mean that was a huge game yeah. for me back in the day still has an awesome soundtrack and stuff too. yes it does but i gotta say when i'm thinking about like my favorites my absolute favorite rpgs i mean final fantasy 7 is the first thing that comes to mind right you know which of course is a ps1 title like right. i find that once you kind of get into the more it's not even modern, really. I was going to say, once you get into like PS2 and 3, that's when RPGs started getting a lot more like first person. Mm. Uh, 
you know, now we have games like like Destiny and all that stuff that are essentially first person yeah, yeah. shooters yeah. with RPG uh, elements. Yeah, Fallout. But back in the uh, yeah, Elder Scrolls, yeah, they're deal. like that too. Yeah. Yeah, but like back in the day when it was still like PlayStation era, a lot of those games still had that classic JRPG feel, mm-hmm. you know, and you had turn-based combat and stuff like that, which I know is a big turnoff for a lot of people, but that's just how I grew up playing RPGs, so I love that shit. So yeah. you had Final Fantasy VII on there. Final Fantasy VIII was also really fucking awesome. Final Fantasy Tactics was... Tactics is on yeah. there, too. Because I, right, I love man. Tactics RPG games. Shining Force 2 for Sega Genesis was uh, my introduction mm. to them. Uh, yeah. And Final Fantasy Tactics is is one of the better ones. The, the Game Boy Advance remake is is better than really? the PlayStation 1 one. Yeah. It's, no it's really great. Damn, dude. And also, too, you had games like Parasite Eve, which kind of started uh-huh. bridging the gap between like survival horror and yeah. RPGs and stuff yeah. like that, as well as Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is it's maybe great my one. favorite game ever. You know? Yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, so I'll probably end up going with PS1. Plus, I can totally cheat here and say you can play Final Fantasy Anthology, which features Final Fantasy VI Japan or Final Fantasy III US, so you still can play that on PlayStation 1. So well, I get to have go. my cake and eat it too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, last question right here comes from Facebook user Otis P. Driftwood. That's a familiar name. I think I've heard of that. He says, horror as social commentary. Which topics are underappreciated, or sorry, underpresented in horror, but you feel should be talked about more? Mm. Now, that right there is a good question. Because, yeah, that's one yeah. of our favorite things about horror movies is the yeah. ability to use horrific things like monsters and all that jazz to portray um, societal woes and troubles. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, it is kind of ripe for that kind of thing. What's something you feel like is underrepresented? I think maybe uh, movies that we've covered recently may make it seem like this is more prevalent, but uh, e- economic inequality is oh, wow, yeah. very ripe for horror movies. It's perfect presenting i mean the purge does a good job of it uh we talked about uh the people under the stairs ready or not yeah like there there are movies that do a good job of it but uh, really like the more people can get different angles on it and give us different ways of looking at it the more it gets in people's consciousness and we really start actually dealing with the issue Right, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right, man. Who is it recently that told me that you could have titled Ready or Not Crazy Rich Caucasians? (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember who said that, but it's very accurate. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a topic that I feel like could use some more exploration, especially in these trying times and our current, you know, going back to Reaganomics, trickle down uh, non-existent wealth that's going on. It would be a good time to go over that stuff. They don't even try to hide it. Trickle down is uh, pissing on you. Yeah, it's piss on you. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll ingest (laughs) it and we'll piss it out and you can get what you can out of the piss. Before, it was, what was it called? It was called uh, horse and sparrow economics or something like that and the okay. idea was the horse eats the oats and the sparrow eats the oats out of the horse's shit oh no yeah. that's a little bit more they've, on the nose as yeah far as they've never tried is, to hide what they're saying like we'll we'll take the nutrients and you take what the fuck's left <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah another uplifting podcast with dead right. and lovely. <laughs> 
You know, I think a topic, kind of going back to what I was talking about with uh, Life of Brian and stuff, I think a topic that I wish could be explored a little bit deeper in horror is is religion. Um, uh, and not yeah. just picking specifically on, on yeah. Christianity. Not, although yeah, I, I would and not just Catholicism. It's almost all yeah. Catholicism whenever you see right. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's like, I would love to see things talking about, you know, Scientology, Mormonism, right. e- even getting yeah. into a lot of the... The other religions that we might not be necessarily as familiar with over here in the states, kind of like yeah. how Baskin had a lot of those. Oh yeah, really strange esoteric things. Yeah. from that side of the world, that, that was, was really fun. cool. The closest yeah. that the Mormons have come to being a horror movie is The Strangers. At the end of the movie, I think those two kids are supposed to be Mormon missionaries. Oh yeah, that's right. The two that, that show up and find them. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I, yeah, like there's an easy way of doing like funny games with Mormon missionaries or uh, more, a, a guy like Ted Bundy hiding out amongst the Mormons going on a mission and using the time to kill in a different place or whatever. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot there. I'm, I could definitely see Scientology very easily. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you could write about a woman being locked away from the public. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she would be like the the wife of the leader. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. something like that. Maybe your name would be something like Shelley. I don't We're know. We're not making a documentary here. Steve. Oh We're right, about okay. Movie. We're talking about movies. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, whenever we get to see things that are explored on screen, like let's say for example the Easter segment in uh, the holidays yeah. anthology, that was we get awesome. to see some of those things on screen and realize just how fucking weird yeah. a lot of these things that we just kind of come to accept as normal growing up in the Bible Belt, whenever you actually see them on screen and realize how fucking strange it is, yeah. it's really cool. So I do wish that we could, you know, maybe all be a little less sensitive about exploring those topics because it could be really cool. Yeah, it could be very interesting. I agree. Yeah, I think so. Well, thank you guys so much for all the cool questions. There's a lot more there on the Facebook group that I want oh, yeah. to explore at a later date. So we've not forgotten about you guys because there's a lot of these that I definitely want to answer on another FAQ. So keep them coming and we'll do those again on another Preview Palace. And like I said, rate and review on iTunes and leave a question at the end of your review and we'll cover that on a later episode of the show all right now steve the topic of today's show is crawl from 2019 which is one of those movies that i saw pop up on a lot of you know best horror movies of the year lists alongside the lighthouse and and stuff like that so i went into this with you know at least hoping it would just be a fun simple monster movie uh creature feature and it is a simple creature feature simple i'm not gonna call it one fun, term though. Yeah, I don't know that I ever had fun watching this. This was Quentin Tarantino's favorite film of 2019, just so you know, Ben. I want to know how much they paid him to say that. (laughs) Or maybe he just didn't watch a lot of movies in 2019. He's like, well, this is one of the three movies I saw. They love it, and I don't know why. (laughs) I'm confused by it. When you were reading the, the good reviews and stuff, what were people saying about it that they liked exactly? Because... I just didn't get into it. Yeah, I. It's they liked the tension. Uh, this movie is full of jump scares, uh, which is a lot of jump the scares, yeah. antithesis of tension. It's the constant reaping of tension, essentially. Like a jump mm-hmm. scare is like, okay, we got a little bit of tension. All right, well, the scare. <laughs> and then you yeah, build a little bit more. Right <laughs> Another scare. Hey, like 
The uh, jump scares are the antithesis of tension. It's kind of like filling a balloon half full and then immediately popping it. Whereas like yep. the real tension is when you're watching the balloon get fuller and fuller. Yeah, and, you're like, and is when it, it going to pop? pop? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, the fact that it it's well shot, uh, the fact that Kaya Scudelario, Kaya Scudelario, that's her Ooh, name. That's Kaya Scudelario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that she is so dedicated and and really goes all out especially when you know that she's you know acting against nothing essentially because these are cgi alligators that look good when they're not moving yeah, that's true yeah she does a pretty <laughs> good job honestly like i was impressed with her performance i don't know her from anything else though i don't think do i uh you could do you know the maze runner films Oh, yeah. I think I saw the first one and was bored yeah. to tears. There you go. Well, she was in that. She's also in the British show Skins. She's a uh, she's British actress and does a good job with the accent. Oh, I mean, she doesn't actually, sound... I'll take that back. I didn't see Maze Runner. I was thinking of Divergent, which was fucking terrible. It was like... Ben, if you saw Ma- Divergent, you saw Maze Runner. I was going to say, we and had like this huge all glut the of like yeah. Hunger Games, Maze Runner, Divergent, yeah. like all these series that were kind of yeah. like post-apocalyptic future for kids. Right. <laughs> Hunger Games uh, okay. I, th- I think uh, the, she does a good accent. She, she doesn't sound like she's from Florida, though people from Florida can sound like several various different accents yeah like, that's kind of a hard one to pin down yeah. in one singular accent yeah so i think she does a good job there and and she she's she's really dedicated to the role uh barry pepper seems like he could be asleep at moments <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like he's not reacting at all to the fake alligators really that's like, true, yeah. He only seems to react when he's supposed to be fighting one of the fake alligators. Other than that, he's just, like, laying there, looking up. Like, not not really... I, I just don't... I don't know what people connected to in this that, that well, made them like it like, so much. Maybe there's, like, subtext that we missed out on here where it's, like, it turns out that the dad is so distraught after the divorce and stuff that he was actually trying to kill himself. <laughs> like, there's that this storm been- coming... I'm gonna okay. put myself in this basement, let some yeah. gators crawl in here, and just I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> okay, that that works, Ben. Okay, you just saying that better. as a joke that actually <laughs> would make the movie make sense because the movie is uh, using all these different themes, and it seems like it's trying to tie these things together, but they don't actually come together. Like the fact that she uh, swims for the Florida Gators is somehow supposed to connect us to the Gators and her swimming and them swimming and like apex predator apex predator uh, shit like I'm all that tired did you and get to hear in that shit it was stupid it was really dumb but if this had been actually more about her going to save her dad who's in the basement of his depression and is surrounded by his desire to die then this makes fucking sense that actually would have made the movie a lot better. I can't believe that yeah. like we just are sitting here recording this bullshit podcast, <laughs> just joking around and shit, and it's like, actually, the idea of him going back to their old family home to and kill dying himself. in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, rather than moving on with his life and his daughter yes. comes and pulls him out of it, that actually would be better. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's so stupid that like this movie, like this movie, I think we're supposed to at the end of the movie be like 
I'm glad that Haley and Dave are safe now. But Here's the truth like, of this movie. Likeable. Yeah, she's not likable. He's not likable. She gets five people killed. The <laughs> the looters would not have died, most likely, if she hadn't been trying to get their attention. That's true. The cops would not have come out there and therefore not died if she had not stopped and talked to that cop and then ran uh, away from them. She caused the deaths of five people. They continually make stupid decisions yeah. that lead to all of their woes. So I don't want them to survive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's, and too, it's like, I thought that we were maybe through the age of people in horror movies making dumb decisions. Making the worst decisions constantly. The decision, oh, the levees might break. We should, in the midst of a hurricane, get in a light boat. The instead tiniest of, little boat ever. Instead of going to the second floor of this home, which is yeah, where they the end up. Roof. After the boat gets knocked over and they get attacked by gators again and they have to fight their way up to the fucking second floor, they could have just gone there. That would have like, been a you good You have start. to give a reason for them to not be able to go up there. Something had to have happened. Like, say, the, the stairs collapsed or something and they just couldn't get up there. Right. That would yeah, have yeah. made more sense. Yeah, yeah. I think getting in a tiny little boat in the middle of roaring waters that are full of fucking gators yeah. knowing that the levees are about to break and you're in the middle of a colossal storm that's not where i want to be yeah and his <laughs> reasoning makes no sense his reasoning is well this is what's gonna happen okay so we should be in a boat it's like oh the levees are gonna break right so we should be in a boat okay like what how does that follow yeah, how's that going to ride out for you? You're going to ride the fucking yeah. waves? <laughs> yeah, they just continually make the dumbest fucking decisions. And the thing that really irked me is the entire time I'm thinking, because we keep seeing like rays of light through the, the floorboards. And I'm like, those are some pretty thin floorboards. You could probably easily at least push them up. Like, uh, and they're clearly old and now completely yeah. waterlogged and soaked. Right. It seems like it wouldn't be that hard to bust right. through, right? And then I was like, uh, the, okay, we'll just, suspension of disbelief, no big deal. And then she gets out, goes upstairs, and breaks through the floorboards. So, yeah. that's the most infuriating fucking thing I've seen in a while in a horror movie. <laughs> That they could have just fucking done that and crawled up through the floorboards and been like, okay, cool, now what do we do? Instead, no. All of their woes are caused by their ineptitude and then they just break through the fucking floorboards. Like, Yeah. And that's the thing too, man, is like even if they were dumb characters making bad decisions like that that are constantly putting them more in danger, yeah. but... We really cared about these characters right. despite their stupidity. You'd still be like, "Oh shit, get out yeah. of there," you know. But this but whole the, movie, I was like, "I don't care what happens." Yeah, I, I, I don't get into the idea of their relationship being that she's the best swimmer, and basically, she's a six-year-old in her head because, like, when she starts talking about the divorce, like the stuff she says is what you hear from it she's like you gave up on mom 
<laughs> that's not exactly the stuff you hear from like college age kids yeah. whose parents are going through a divorce. <laughs> and then we very quickly find out that his that the mom wasn't happy and she left him. Like, what does she mean? You gave up on I. It, Man, it's it's headache inducing. Yeah, to understand that for some reason they had to show her at a swim meet, so that later when she outswims Gators, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. But Gators swim twenty miles per hour. Michael Phelps at best swims six miles per hour. Jesus Christ. So why even waste our fucking time trying to prove she can swim fast? Yeah, when obviously you can't swim fast enough to outrun one of these things. And we're supposed to care so much about her fucking swimming. Why are we supposed to care? Like, the, everything they do to relate to each other is about swimming. And I don't and see, give a shit. That's, that's one of the things, too, about the movie, honestly, that kind of, like, pissed me off the most, too, is it seems like their whole relationship was based around him being the coach, him turning her into apex predator swimmer, and that is yeah. kind of the basis of their relationship, right? It kind of reminds yeah. me of like, dude, did you ever have any friends whose like dad was the basketball coach of your school yes. team or whatever? Yeah. And dude, they would just ride them to fucking death. It was yeah. awful. I had mm -hmm. a friend whose dad was a basketball coach, and you know, obviously, I didn't play basketball, but I ended up just going and hanging out at the practices and shit like that, waiting on yeah. my brother or my friends to get done. With homeschool basketball practice, Home by the way. Homeschool basketball. Yeah, the Lakeway Lakers, look out. <laughs> you can bet there were feats of stunning athleticism on that I team. I bet, I bet. But one of my friend's dad was like the coach, and yeah, you know you know how it is in those situations. These yeah. coaches ride their own kids like fucking 10 times harder yeah. than everybody else, and you're like, wow, this is like Michael Jackson's dad level abuse, you know? <laughs> but in this movie, the thing is, is like, it shows that the dad based their whole relationship on this shit, uh, but then it turned out that he was right. Yeah. That the skills he gave her did save their lives. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. Like, I think it kind of carries this shitty message of just like, oh, yeah, everything your parents put you through, they were right. They were right to do it. Yeah. Like, he's a, in, he is completely infallible in this. Like, he is... Yeah. Except for every time he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like, too, how often he just goes and puts her life in, like, mortal peril. Yep. Where he's like, you go out there and swim across that. You can do it. Go, Apex yeah. Predator kid. And then he turns out, yeah, he, she can. He was right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Lesson like that learned. message in this movie. Yeah, listen to your fucking parents. <laughs> yeah. The... the, the the family plot is just completely pointless in this. We it have really all that set up at the first with her and her sister talking yeah, on like FaceTime that, and all that shit. Yeah, there's the parents' divorce going on. It's all for exposition, but it's exposition we get again later. So it's like, well, we don't really need it in the beginning. No. If the movie started with just her driving toward a hurricane like we don't know what's happening like she's just driving and the radio's on and she, you know we're hearing the messages we hear about the hurricane it's, that's all we need to know and then like she talks to the cop there's a time for exposition then she gets there and they do all their fucking exposition you don't need the family stuff at all you don't need the swimming stuff at all no but it doesn't make it better Right, then this this movie wouldn't be a feature length film. That's really what this is, is that this would be a good thirty minute movie. This would be but, a good sci fi channel movie to me. Like this so 
so very much feels well, like that, the kind of stuff that yeah. would have been a script for like a sci-fi channel movie in 1998. Well, that I mean, that's yeah, that that is exactly what I would would uh, assume it was if you showed it to me and didn't give me any context. I would assume this was a sci-fi movie because it. I mean, despite a really good performance by Scott Kaya Scottolario, um. That sounds like a bacteria that's found in yogurt, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I've got that Kaya Scottolario. Uh, it's good for my digestive tract. Yeah, it's the good stuff. <laughs> it's in the it's in yogurt, yeah. Yeah, Jamie Lee uh, Curtis told me about it. <laughs> yeah. Despite like a really good performance by her, it it has nothing going for it. No. Like, it's, just, it's just characters so simple, making no the dumbest decisions. Good. Yeah, like it should never have left the fucking basement at all. We shouldn't see the looters get killed or like the cops maybe show up, but we don't need to see like all this shit going on outside. What we need is the closeness of the basement because when it's that early part where it's her just trying to figure out what's going on and like, you know, figure out how to, places to hide from the, the gators. That's all pretty cool, and I thought would good, make yeah. yeah, I thought would make a really cool movie. But then it's almost I, I feel like it is when it cuts out to the looters is where it really starts to lose me because yeah. it's like, well, what do they have to do with this? And oh, so she just got them killed? Like, yeah, it turns out they have nothing to do with this. They were just there to provide a boat, which is just yeah. there for them to get in for five seconds before yeah. they get washed into their own house by the levees breaking. But then the cops also show up with a boat. So, like, yeah. they didn't need the first boat. It's fine yeah, when the don't. cops show up. That's fine. But I also Makes hate sense. the way that the other cop dies because he clears the, the fan blade of, of the boat. He clears it of the seaweed. And, one, he could have done that without getting out of the boat. But, uh... He, he clears it of the seaweed, and all he has to do is get back in the boat, but he sees a swing on a kid's swing set being pulled. Now, it could just be being pulled by the, the water. Why is he so interested in what's pulling it that he starts walking over to it? He just gets mesmerized by it and just starts walking <laughs> over to it for no reason and then gets killed by an alligator. Like, it's dumb as shit. I it didn't even no sense. Like, notice that the first time. That's fucking stupid. It's just like, yeah. well, he needs to die, so I don't know. Just have him yeah, wander off. Yeah, that's exactly what it was him. like. It was like, oh, he needs to die. Like, if this at the end, and I really wished that this happened, if at the end we found out this was all because of a hoodoo curse, it would have been uh, ten times better. Just give me something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Emily and I were talking about it uh, and she she hasn't even seen it. I was just telling her about it. And, and basically we came up with the idea that if what was happening was the dad was buying up houses cheap in a uh, like a, a small like Cuban neighborhood or something. And then you get to involve like this hoodoo curse and stuff. And that's why the gators are acting in a way that alligators would never act during yeah. a hurricane because they seek shelter i mean the ones in the basement would be doing exactly what they're doing because they would be seeking shelter and they would think that the humans were going to attack them but then once you go out of the basement it makes no sense unless there's a crazy uh, hoodoo curse going on <laughs> like because the gators would not act like that they would be trying no, to find uh -huh. a place to hide from a hurricane right 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things in here where the, the gators act in ways that are completely yeah. against nature and against yeah. logic. Yeah. Uh, there's actually even a thing on, on YouTube that I watched of these two people in Florida that have like a gator farm and preserve and stuff like that that seem to really know what they were talking about. And they were just talking about a lot of the animal behavior in the movie and just how completely off base it is. Yeah, it's Like whenever so wrong. The, the alligators are like sneaking up behind somebody and then they'll let out a big growl or Yeah, like why would they do whatever. that? Yeah, why would you announce your location to your yeah, prey? Yeah, they would just that's, attack. Yeah, exactly. That's not what predators do, you know? I, yeah, and man, I, there's a lot of things in there that just don't make sense. I do, I do like applaud the movie for the number of gator attacks that it does have on the protagonists. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, get, they, get tore they up. both get attacked at least twice. But at so, the same time, when they get attacked, it kind of reminds me of like whenever you're playing Mortal Kombat or something, and you like uppercut somebody and they lose like a gallon of blood, yeah. but there's. They're still not even remotely slowed down or dead until the yeah. health bar is out. I and think it's like, that's hey, actually- I just bro- I just broke your back. How are you still fighting? <laughs> and, and that's the that's the weird thing is that that's actually probably more accurate because uh, uh, gators don't often attack humans and rarely do they kill them. Right. Uh, yeah. Very rarely. So it, it is more likely that the gator would just attack to get away itself, and so the attacks wouldn't be deadly. Uh, but don't try to bring in some sort of logic now, you know, like why, why would the gators attacks be so weak when everything else you're showing us about them? Like when they attack the, the cop outside, he gets killed almost immediately. When they attack the, the looters, they get killed almost immediately. Like why, why are the ones in the basement so much weaker? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. The other ones do just immediately go in for fucking finish him stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones do kind of go for the light punches, I guess, don't they? Yeah. The, I mean, this, mm. this, is, this is a real good central idea of a, a horror short with a tacked-on swimming story and then tacked-on stories about other people getting killed by alligators during a hurricane. Like, it really does feel like a sci-fi channel movie that just yeah. got done way better than yes. it needed to be, man. And it, like I was kind of envisioning, you know, whoever was the the person that had the idea for this and presented it to some writers. He's like, "All right, guys, I got an idea for uh, somebody having to avoid some gators in their basement. She's locked in there with her dad. I don't know. I'm going on vacation. You guys workshop this for a week, uh-huh. and then he comes back and he's like, "Oh, you guys have." like really flesh this out you're trying to make yeah. this into a movie it really does read like a lot of brainstorming going on where they they just wrote alligator on the board and then they were like okay what what do you think about a uh, good swimmer okay apex predator right florida gators okay remember you went to university of florida cool i got it all right <laughs> what else we got all right now let's talk about the main character what if she mirrors him She's a Florida Gator, apex predator, good swimmer. <laughs> the one Boom! Is <laughs> like it, it's so like it's like first level of creative writing type of thing, where it's like real first draft feeling. Yeah, too. like just you're just tacking a bunch of stuff on, but you're not tying it all together. And some of this stuff that you're tacking on, if you took it off, wouldn't change the film. So like, why tack it on? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, this is one of those things, man, where, you know, I I agree with you where it would have been better if it did just all take place in the basement. Like, whenever she goes in there into that crawl space, 
and she's there for a good 30 or 40 minutes of the movie. Like at, at some point, Kate and I look at each other and we're like, is this like all going to take place down here? Is this why it's called Crawl? Is because it's yeah, in a crawl space? That would have been really cool. I was really actually cool. kind of like, oh, actually, I didn't know that. That was kind of unexpected. It would be cool if it all took place down there because you got so many great danger elements. It's like, for one, it's a tight, enclosed space, which yes. you know I hate anyway. Everybody uh-huh. hates crawl spaces. They're nasty and creepy and gross. Also, the rising water. Also, yes. these fucking predators in there. That's All actually of that was working setup. so good. Yeah, it was yeah. working so good. And then they, it was like, they were like, okay, where do we go from here? And instead of being like, all right, let's go to point B, they were like, let's go to point X. Like, let's yeah. just skip all this bullshit and make it a completely different movie. It would have been better if it would have stayed under there. It also, and again, this is my like main review of this movie. If there's going to be a sound bite of my review for this, <laughs> it would be, this movie would be better if it was worse. Or yeah. it would be better if it was better. I mean, Better if it way, was better or better if it was worse, but not as is. Yeah. No. Yeah. It either needed just like a self-awareness level to take it into just like, okay, this is silly. This is fucking uh, another deep blue sea or anaconda or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and just have some fun with it and have some wackadoo characters and some funny zingers and stuff like that. Whatever. Just have fun with it. It can be that simple and dumb or it needed to be better and become like a man versus nature scenario obviously like jaws or even something like the edge or something like that like those are movies that really analyze like the hopelessness of trying to fight nature and predators that are more evolved than us to hunt and kill and all that jazz like those are cool this just kind of sat in the middle really awkwardly to me yeah i agree It, it just didn't ever get anywhere for me uh, we we skipped full on like everything just straight into criticizing the movie. So I, I want to back up a little bit. Let's back this, that thing up. Yeah, this is an Alexandra Aja movie. Alexandra Aja did uh, High Tension, which we've covered <laughs> in the past. But of course! Uh, he did the Hills Have Eyes remake, which I've said before that I, I I'd enjoyed. I'd like to do that one, yeah. Uh, and he also did Piranha 3D, which I also enjoyed. So, this is fun. He's a very talented director. He is. He is a talented director, and I think he did no wrong in this this movie. No, I think this he is was the filming best a script. Could have been. Yeah. Yep. He he made it look as best as it possibly could on a thirteen point five million dollar budget where he was shooting in Serbia, and oh, it's almost a Serbian every, film. Yep, it's a Serbian film, and mm. almost everything you see is green screen, uh, aside from. A couple sets. It's mostly all green screen. So I was wondering how much of the movie was green screen because, like, some of the effects and stuff. We'll talk about the effects in depth here in a second. But like, I noticed, like, let's say during the outdoor shots where you have this like massive storm rolling in over this town, it all actually looked pretty fucking good. It, it did looked better it than did. it could if you had a real neighborhood and you CGI'd a storm yeah. onto it. That always looks yeah. like shit. So I guess they did full CGI everything. It was all fake. So it at least looked consistent, which that's a good idea, actually. It is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, And then you see the limits of the CGI they were given when you see uh, the alligators move in physical space. When they're still great. Yeah. Yeah. When they're still, they look good. They do look really well done. 
The moment they move, the lighting never works. They're never no. quite right. They always move at different speeds. It's it's just hard to get a, a handle on them. Well, although this did do the right thing for CGI, especially when you're dealing with reptiles, they pulled the Jurassic Park thing. Keep it dark. Keep it yeah. wet. Mm-hmm. And That's that makes true. it look better. And there even were a few shots in there, I got to say, where like, um, I can't remember when in the movie it was. They were still in the basement. But it's just kind of like a still shot of the gator's head from like the side. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. I was like, did they actually use a real gator for this? Or is that uh, a puppet? Yeah, and then I, it moved and I was like, nope, yeah. still fake. I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. When it was still, it looked like almost a, a, a prop, like some yeah. sort of head. But yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, I would say most people who do CGI will tell you that uh, keeping CGI still is uh, easy to make it look good. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> if it's yeah, not Photoshop moving. Photoshop has shown us that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it did. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It did look like for moments that they actually did a prop, but they did not. It was it was all CGI. Uh, the CG was better than I thought that it would be, honestly. Like yes. Knowing that this is going to be real life creatures like we've seen alligators move and stuff we know what they look like yeah it's hard to like trick your brain into being like now here's a fake one and you're gonna think it's real uh so i expected it to be really bad and like really annoying it wasn't that bad for the most part honestly no i i liked it mostly and i think it mostly uh, played out well those shitty spiders though those look like shit they could have cut that too that that yeah. was a moment that made like no had no effect on the entire movie. Zero With impact. Zero impact and it looked terrible. CGI yeah. the spiders were flat. Like it looked like they were projected on her face. Yeah, it looked like they had like an intern handle that. It's like, yeah. hey, we're busy working on these gators. You handle these daddy long legs. They're basically just dots uh. with legs attached to them. You should do fine. And then when they saw them, they weren't like, oh, we should just cut that because it's a brief second that doesn't change anything. Just cut it. Never comes back. Never does anything. She doesn't have a fear of spiders or anything like this. Nope. Just. You're gone. For no reason, bad CGI spiders. Here you go. Yeah. Some of the gore is pretty good, though. I got to say. Yeah. There there are moments in there, man. The broken leg looks great. Oh, dude. That's what I'm saying. Whenever he had to, like, Reset his leg. His leg. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, man, my yeah. toes are curling up, dude. That was that was pretty fucking brutal. And then also and just that, some of the like wounds and injuries yeah. and stuff looked pretty good. That and in that moment, Barry Pepper is really good. Like, I, and Barry Pepper is a good actor. Like, I, I'm not uh, talking any shit about him. I just think like he he doesn't do much to sell that they are gators. Not nearly as much as as she does. Like she she's really selling it. Um and that's awesome like i i think it, her dedication is probably what brings a lot of people into this movie because yeah. otherwise uh you know he he has his scene where he's fighting the gator and that scene where he's setting his leg that he's really like into it and then you know whenever he's talking about coaching her swimming but like he does he never sells that these you know i imagine dudes in suits crawling around are gators <laughs> <laughs> Steve, talking about this shitty movie is just making me thirsty. You want to get another poll? Let's get a poll. How about we do that? I just happen to have set in front of me, and you have one set in front of you, a K2 Bros Brewing from upstate New York sent to us from our good friend, my name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. 
this is their barrel aged Scotch ale, and I think this is exactly what we need right now, Steve. Because yeah. we need a beer that is twelve ounces of ten and a half percent alcohol. <laughs> it describes itself as brewed to style with a toasted oak finish. Then it was aged in black button bourbon barrels. Well, that's Damn. fun to say, black yeah. button bourbon barrels. <laughs> that's gonna be my next like password on my computer. I think black button bourbon barrels. <laughs> I like a scotch everything from K two has been awesome, man. Yeah, and everything yeah, I also we've enjoy a scotch ale, man. Oh, it smells good. I also enjoy myself a scotch ale. I don't have them like nearly often enough, but every time I have one, I'm like, damn, why don't yeah. I have these more often? Old Chub is a good one. Yeah, Old Chub is good, man. Uh, Founders made a good one, but I don't, I don't drink their beer anymore. <laughs> They're yeah. racist as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a shame wow. right there too, man. There's a couple of like bombers around town of like the the CBS, a Canadian breakfast out by Founders, you know. Yeah, and I'm so tempted, and I'm like, ah, I just can't do it, can't do mm. it, dude. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's treating you good. Yeah, immediately the yeah. the smell is very boozy. It smells yeah, it like is. alcohol, and it tastes like alcohol. It has got bourbon, definitely, oh, man. strongly throughout. Very strong. That almost tastes like a ready-made Boilermaker. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It ta- it almost tastes like you took an old chub and added a, a shot of, uh, like, Weller or uh, Buffalo Trace or something. Yeah, absolutely so, man. Damn, that's that's good. K2 Bros continues to impress, yeah. man. Uh, they've not made anything that we've had that Jeff sent us that has not so good. impressed me or made me go, wow, that's fucking unique. That's really good. It's also like less heavy than I thought that it would be. Yeah, it's it's a real light sort of uh like texture and feel in the mouth, but it it's very strong flavor, just like mm-hmm. bourbon and I don't know what, what That's mostly what I get's the bourbon in mm-hmm. there, man. And the oakiness of bourbon. the bourbon too, you know? Yeah. Good stuff. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a I got a bourbon the other day at the store uh that's pretty fucking awesome, man. I got a and apparently this is somebody that I guess is somehow involved in the sports world, but I don't know who it is. Who's Terry Bradshaw? Who's that? <laughs> uh, well, a former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He's a broadcaster for Fox. I'll take your word for it because I literally don't know. I just bought this he's bottle of He's also in failure to launch. Oh, yeah, is he? Yeah, he's an actor it's from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Well, his, uh, his bourbon's him. good as hell. I'll tell is you that. It? Yeah, huh? it's cool. pretty fucking nice. It's like a $40, $42 bottle, something like that. Damn. Totally worth Way it. Way to go, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, it's barrel-aged Scotch Ale. It's getting real good to me. Thank you so much, Jeff. Appreciate that a lot. Always love having some beers from all over the country while we're stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I, um, I don't know how we're going to get beers until we get a P.O. box now because you don't go to the Guitar Vault, right? Well, right now I'm not teaching uh, guitar yeah. lessons in person. We were having yeah. people send beers and stuff to the shop, but yeah, I'm not teaching yeah. in person until this all kind of blows over. So it will be a little while, and then yeah, what, I mean, watch this. We'll get a PO box, and then the fucking U.S. Postal Service yeah. is going to go out of business because our government <laughs> won't give them any fucking money. We'll bail out cruise ships that don't pay U.S. taxes, but fuck the postal system. Are you kidding me? Well, there are several reasons he wants to get rid of the postal system, and none of them are above board. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of shit. 
<laughs> now, Steve, you were telling me before that you happen to know a little bit about the history of the villainization of gators. Yeah, I and it's not, you know, it's interesting because uh watching this i was wondering like if if uh animal rights people were against this because this is the type of thing that if it made enough money could be the next jaws which is it could lead to people going out killing gators thinking right they're saving people somehow mm -hmm. uh but the thing is that <laughs> looking up like uh alligators in horror or alligators as like pr antagonists in you know movies mm -hmm. you find that most of the time it's crocodiles <laughs> um like <laughs> they're the uh, real assholes yeah like baby alligators appeared in frogs in 1972 but frogs is more of like a na nature is the the uh, not villain so much as like nature gets Adversary. its revenge on you know the this terrible rich family uh, and we don't see actual full-grown gators, so the baby gators are shown as, like, part of nature, but they don't really do anything. Uh, then you have Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive, which is a follow-up to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that's actually a Nile crocodile, and it's even mentioned in the movie that it's not a gator, it's a crocodile. Hmm. Uh, the first time that gators really do appear as, like, a, a, a villain in uh, a horror movie is... The Great Alligator River, which was an Italian adventure horror movie. Oh. 1979. Now that sounds uh, like fun. Yeah. And that that is, again, like they're going for uh, gators are just a part of nature. And it, it's a part of, you know, the once you get in that man versus nature thing, like, you know, nature is always going to win. So gators, again, aren't being necessarily, like, villainized. They're just a part of this force. But 1980, a movie called Alligator is about a flushed baby gator that then grows up in the sewers and becomes ah, this yeah. big killing machine. And it's kind of a satire of Jaws. Like, they even bring in a gator specialist to catch the gator. And it's... It's really more of a, a joke and just a sort of hokey horror movie, but it did kind of, like, kick off some semblance of gator horror after that. I mean, there was Lake Placid in 99, which I think was really the big one, but the 2000s were just full of these shitty sci-fi, like, terrible level cgi gator and crocodile horror movies but there are two worth mentioning 2010's mega shark versus crocosaurus again not an alligator but <laughs> mega shark versus crocosaurus and then 2011 mega python versus gatoroid I mean, my God, that sounds incredible. Why aren't we doing that instead? And that was directed by Mary Lambert, who directed Pet Cemetery. No way. Yeah, it, those are both sci-fi movies. But yeah, what that one's fuck? directed by Mary Lambert. <laughs> but see, like even the the Alligators 1980 that you were talking about before, at least that kind of like has a little bit of fun playing yeah. with the urban legend of like, oh, the exactly. sewers are full of crocodiles yeah. where people have flushed them and blah blah uh -huh. blah. Like that's at least fun. Well, and this is playing off of true stories of alligators seeking, like, uh, seeking some sort of shelter in crawl spaces or under houses or, 
uh, in pools and things like that. So like they they were working off of something that was familiar and could have been done in a way that worked, but then they they added in the extra gators outside that really make it not work. It makes it yeah, not make hunting, any like, sense pack anymore. Animals and shit. Yeah, they do. Uh, the, gators do hunt sort of like packs sometimes. So that that isn't okay. absolutely wrong. But they wouldn't be doing it during a hurricane. It's just there's no reason why they would be doing that. No, and uh-huh. they don't like a single gator doesn't eat multiple times in a day. Yeah, that's like, true. That's, like, not common for really yeah. most reptiles. Like, snakes eat once a week and shit, right? Right. Yeah, so, like, the gators in the basement would have made sense because they're attacking to protect the territory they've claimed to get away from the hurricane. Again, like, if it stays in the basement, it all makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. It can- maintains a logic and could have been really good. And, other than and the that fact bit that, like, is good. Yeah, other than the fact that you know, if you live in a place that is prone to flooding, like much of Florida is, you don't have a fucking crawl space. Your house is on stilts, yeah. dude. I Yeah, I don't know enough about houses in Florida. Uh, it seems to me like there's not a lot of logic to that in an no. area that would most likely flood any time well, there too, was a like, hurricane. You've got those big, like, holes in the brick, like the little kind of cross-shaped uh, holes in the yeah, brick that are, like, which, ornamental. It just seems to invite flooding. Yeah, but they also have the 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 pipe that leads out to the ocean, which also invites flooding. <laughs> because <laughs> even if it wasn't flooding above sea level, if the sea level was rising, that water would rise. It yeah. it's not a system that makes much sense. No, but you know, of course, by having that that drainage pipe, that's where we get her escaping and yeah. discovering those extremely relevant baby alligator eggs, because that made a big difference to the movie. <laughs> What the fuck was that for? Like they showed us that like know. that's supposed to be like, like fucking in Jurassic Park when they find the hatched eggs and they're like, oh shit, they're reproducing and stuff. Yeah. Why did they show us that? Were they just trying to show us there will be a sequel? I I think that they were trying to set up maybe the idea that she was in an alligator nest and that mama would be coming in and it would be a big gator, but then nothing happens. Then so nothing I happened. have no idea why they showed us that. Yeah. Except like, to I was say like that. But what is that? Okay, this was... Okay, she goes through a crack in their wall, and they have, like, an arboretum under their house. Like, what is going on down there? I could not figure that out. I have no idea. And then that's connected to a hole to the ocean. Like, I'm very confused by what that was ever supposed to be. Like, (laughs) because they had a backyard to that house. Yeah. So what was that? Because sun was coming in. Like, you could see light from cracks and stuff. Where the fuck was she? Did she go into, like, a Goonies portal and (laughs) One-Eyed Willie was nearby? Like, It seems like that's something that would definitely have, like, failed inspection and got your loan rejected. I'm pretty sure. Yes, for sure. (laughs) It'd be like, your house is clearly designed by a fucking maniac that doesn't know how flooding in Florida works. Yeah. I think, I mean... But Ale- Alexander Aja, I think he does a good job of giving us good visual information it and giving good. us good yeah. shots, and it, it it looks good. Like he he had nothing to do with the CGI; he shot it as best he could. The moments that look best are the ones that are obviously shot on a set, and that's in the basement. So, like he he did his best job. 
The, and the dog's adorable. The dog is adorable and it survives. And apparently there was some debate among the producers about whether or not the dog should survive. Man, we were I watching think, this movie and it was like, dude, if the dog dies, fuck thoroughly, this movie. Fuck this yeah. movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the dog is a reference to Jaws. Uh, there are definite references, it seems, to like Anaconda to me. And also mm-hmm. Deep Blue Sea. Like when the, the deputy is like you know, talking at the hole and the gator suddenly just jumps out and grabs him. It's like when uh, Samuel L. Jackson is doing his speech and gets grabbed by the the shark. Like, I I think Alexander Aja knew what movie he was making. And so he thought it was going to be kind of a fun, funny movie and adds in these, like, fun homages. But it just doesn't come out that way. It comes out as just depressing and sad. Just joyless. (laughs) Yeah. To me, the word I kept thinking of is joyless. Like, there is nothing in this movie that is, like, a celebration of shitty preacher features. There's nothing yeah. in it that's like self-aware fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just nothing missing, here for me. Yeah, it's missing any anything that would have made me enjoy it really. Well, except for that ending song that came up in the credits. Didn't that make you feel good? See you later, alligator. <laughs> After I wild crocodile. That's what it was for. I mean, it really was to just be like, okay, we need people to feel like they just had fun. So, jazzy song at the end, like, so dumb. Where was uh, where was the fun? I I just no moment was fun. There were there were tense moments, and I think the tension was real good at moments, and especially like being conveyed by. Uh, Kaya Scudelario, <laughs> making a pizza. Oh, uh, the pizza. <laughs> I I think like the the that tension was really strong at moments, but the it's it's gone well into the moment where that song starts playing, and that song almost seems like it would be a tension breaker. But we're actually in a moment where we're supposed to be happy for them but we obviously don't feel happy for them because all we've learned about him is that uh the dad's only way of connecting to his daughter was the right way uh and his daughter cost five people their lives to save (laughs) her dad who probably would have been fine if he just broke through the floorboards yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> There's, it's just hard to care at that point. Like that shitty ending song, that can work if it's fucking American Werewolf in yes. London. Like that yeah, where there's like a been real humor throughout. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then it's just like, ah, funny song. Because the ending yeah. of that movie is so grim. And then it's like, silly song, though. Yeah. You had fun. And it is kind <laughs> of it is kind of cool at the end of that movie. But this didn't earn that at all. I mean, the, no. the, the characters went through zero arc whatsoever. No, it, yeah, they, she, they she didn't learn anything. All. She didn't change. Unless what we're supposed to see as change is her going from six-year-old, why did you divorce mommy, to, oh, I get it. You guys were unhappy. I probably should have understood that since I'm obviously a 19 to 20-year-old. An adult. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, just, it just didn't do it for me. It had the potential of being fun, and kind of like we were saying before we started recording, you know, last year... Last year kind of sucked. Of course, now yeah. it. Oh yeah, now <laughs> it looks like it fucking. Great. Those were the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 2019 wasn't fun for a lot of people. There was a lot of bad things going on, and uh, 
maybe people did just need a simple I can just zone out and watch these people try yeah. to escape being eaten by gators and that's fun enough. And I and I do think that the the era of you know horror movies filled with people making stupid decisions like a lot of that had to do with feeling superior to the people you're watching. Like, right, yeah. And maybe people just needed that maybe they needed to feel like oh these dumb idiots keep making these stupid decisions like you know it made them feel better about themselves and if you need that you need that that makes sense go for it yeah this made they me make feel like i should have been that. watching a, a better movie is what it made me exactly feel like. me too the whole time i was well not the whole time as i said i i was i was in for it up to a certain point i really thought it, it had a ton of potential uh but it yeah it it just became a drudge uh, and watching it the second time I, I I gained an appreciation for some things like I saw how um, how much uh, Kaya Scudelario was carrying <laughs> the movie name. yeah how much she was carrying the movie and how, how she really is the draw for this and it's like oh, oh okay absolutely. well she's awesome but yeah. say seeing it the second time also made me hate it more like i found things to like and i also found more things to hate so i don't know i i wanted to like this movie i swear like i did not i don't go into any movie wanting to hate it but i really all i heard about it was good and i i wanted it to just be dumb fun creature feature but it's never dumb enough to be fun and never good enough to be good yeah, I, I 100% agree, man. Like, I wanted to like this movie as well because, like, I heard a few other people talking about it and even, like, the the reviews that were real critiques of it, like what we're giving it, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's just a fucking dumb movie where people are trying to not get eaten by alligators. I'm like, okay, I'm on board for that. That, yeah, that and if be it, fun, at least. If it played out that way and everybody was making the either the most logical decision or a decision that you understand is illogical because of the moment that would all work you see somebody make a stupid decision it's like yeah you see a cop get mesmerized by a swing and just start walking toward it for no reason (laughs) it's like now that's storytelling that that nobody acts like that so you just can't connect to it no i i agree man and i mean anybody that listens to the show knows like i love a awesomely bad movie i love stupid fucking movies this just and, doesn't uh, do that for you. <laughs> no, this wasn't stupid enough, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't really understand any of the hype. I wonder if there's a lot of, like, bot reviews of this floating around out there of, like, you know, it's like, did people really like this or is well, it just it a made bunch of bots mo- I reviewing mean, it? A $13.5 million budget, $91.5 million at the Jesus, box office. Really? So people liked it. People legit liked it and went and saw it. I mean, it does get the benefit of being uh, out in the summer and i don't know if every studio is getting it yet but there's no bad time to release a horror movie and like you know people put them off for late summer or you know closer to october but there's no bad time to release it and the middle of the summer just hit right it just hit them at the right moment and i think also you know it was around the time of say like didn't child's play come out that summer and stuff yeah it was around the time of some more disappointing horror movies 
that maybe it was just like something original and something different and so people were just like oh fuck at least this is new at least it's an idea yeah at least not just another fucking remake this year yeah, yeah. and for that that's i would give it you know some credit but again it's just missing a lot of things it's it's written by the guys who wrote the ward which is uh i think john carpenter's last movie he directed oh and, i never saw that I, I i talked about it when i i just sat down and watched every john carpenter movie uh the ward is better than the village uh, village of the damned which is i think the one he did before or maybe no vampires was the last he had done before uh or ghosts of mars anyway he had some bad movies uh, <laughs> yeah bless him but uh, the ward isn't terrible uh i i it just didn't feel like a carpenter movie to me i i think that you know i i just don't know this this seems to fall apart in the writing to me it seems like the way that the story is presented is the problem yeah so you know uh i i don't know maybe maybe something else happened maybe producers stepped in and they you know warped their original view or whatever but it, it seems like the writing is the problem here yeah, uh, I wonder I wonder if somewhere in here some executive hands got a hold of it and, you know, choked all the fun out of it or yeah. anything else. Like maybe an executive son who recently graduated from the University of Florida where he was a swimmer got a hold of it and he was like, I know what would fix this. It bums me out that, that Raimi's name was attached to this, I guess, as a producer. I don't exactly know how he got wrangled into that. I hope that he starts making better decisions in the future. And I hope they give AJ a That makes better me think that the... That makes me think the script was probably better in the beginning. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, since Raimi's name is... But, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where... Like, it it obviously was a good investment. It made its money, so... It made money, yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, and Raimi knows the horror market, so it probably was one of those things where he was like, I, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, this will make money. Yeah, could be, yeah. man. Yeah, I uh, I wish I could say that I loved it, but I didn't. If I'm gonna give this thing a a rating, gosh, man, I really seriously might go as low as like two. Like, okay. there was some good tension in parts of it. All the basement yeah. stuff was fine. I mean, one that when the water is like rising up and they're running out of oxygen, and also it's making these gators more agile and better killers. Yeah. you know, the closer <laughs> they are to getting killed. Yeah, cool. I like that. That's, That's good all tension. Good. Yeah. And again, the CG was better than I thought that it would be. Yeah. Past that, just fucking a bore. I'm in no rush to watch yeah. this again, so yeah, I'll probably go like two. Uh, I would say, for me, it it comes down to the fact that uh, Kaya Scudelario. <laughs> Let's do I a game. I'm we're saying like, it wrong. <laughs> every time you hear her name on the show, take a shot. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Kaya Scudelario game. Um, I I think that she's the best part of the movie. Uh, Without it, a doubt. It, it looks good. It's well shot, especially considering how much CGI is in it, that they were able to make it, uh, it keep a consistent look lighting-wise and things. Uh, the, the problems with the gators in motion... And the flat spiders, you know, 
whatever those are things you can overlook if the story was better or if the the tension was more uh i don't know i guess i guess thicker if they just didn't keep permeating it with jump scares that would have made this a better movie there's so many ways it could have been a better movie but the movie that it was was for me uh, i got three okay i think i'm being i think i'm being like very deferential to a really good performance against nothing like i I think because she did so well against nothing that she she deserves a three (laughs) whereas yeah and because alexander aja shot a well done movie uh that like he probably didn't have much control of once they were done with all the green screening like it still looked good the way he shot it so yeah this is like the directorial equivalent of robert pattinson's performance in twilight where you watch it you're like well that's what he had to work with so yep you can't do any more than what you got to work with and he he did the best he could so yeah for me that's a three good job guys (laughs) (laughs) good effort gold star (laughs) All right, Steve, next week on the show, we're going to be reviewing a Patreon pick because, as some of you guys might already know, if you support our show over at, tell them, Steve. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Boom. You sign up for that how many dollar a month level? Five dollar a month. The make it a pizza level. The make it a pizza level, and you can submit a movie for us to draw at random out of a receptacle. It's a cup it's a hat it's a bowl it used to be a swan's ass yeah <laughs> it's It'll now drawn a dia de, lo, de los muertos bowl yeah it's Ooh, all over the nice. place we'll draw one of those things out of there and review whatever movie it is that you want to uh, hear on the show so be sure to visit the patreon page and sign up and as a matter of fact next week we're going to be doing one of those patreon picks and it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh boy. I'm excited to do that. I think I have or have not seen that movie that I may you inserted have. in post. I might not. <laughs> I may or may not be excited about it. <laughs> so yeah, come back next week for that. For that one that Steve said a minute ago. You guys be sure to go on iTunes, rate, and review the show. It helps us out a ton. As I said earlier, leave a question at the end of your review. That'll be answered on a later installment of a FAQ preview palace. You guys can also follow us all over the social media. We're yep. everywhere. At Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're, uh, we're on Discord. We're on YouTube, forward slash Dead and Lovely. We're all over the place. Just look for us facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely basically dead and lovely all over the place or dead lovely pod we're everywhere everywhere well i hope that everybody out there is staying happy and healthy and staying the fuck home the sooner everybody stays home the sooner we can get back to normal of course barring that you're not staying home because you are a essential worker keeping us alive in the healthcare world or the uh, trucking and delivery industry any of those sort of things you guys are literally keeping the country moving I apologize for everything you have to do and I hope we change the entire economy I doubt it'll happen I hope that you guys are getting paid fucking triple uh, than what you usually do because you deserve it. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Hopefully it's brought you a moment of joy in these trying times. And we'll be catching up with you guys next week. Wash your hands. Wash your ass.
<laughs> it's been Dead and Lovely with Uncle Ben. And Hollywood Steve. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so I'm thinking about trying to put together the ultimate quarantine Spotify playlist. Okay. I've already got a few ideas. I'm thinking, I mean, obviously you start with Down With The Sickness. <laughs> Ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Maybe you put a little bit of I Think We're Alone Now on there. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good start, at least. You know, you got anything uh-huh. else you think you could toss onto that thing? Uh, Dancing With Myself. Ooh, that's good. Uh, One is the loneliest number if you're all you know, by myself. Alone. Oh yeah, little heart wrenching ballad in there. Yeah. What else we got? <laughs> I mean, I think you you probably want to throw some anthrax on there, right? Too. Just, oh yeah, you're probably because right. of the biohazard look. <laughs> what what else we need? <laughs> what about widespread panic? <laughs> okay, yeah, just in general, just widespread panic. Yeah, that's probably right. a good idea. And then at the very end of it, we we close it out with The Cure. Oh, Oh, man. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uplifting. Nice.